Every company has one. The place where the hats with the wrong logo are hidden from sight. The empty office where the bags that miss the event date are banished. The storage room where the shirts with the smeared imprints are entombed. It's called the Closet of Shame. And every promotional products distributor has a story about making an unwanted contribution. In this podcast, those stories will be shared and the impact on the client relationship will be explored. The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's your host, Bill Petrie. And welcome to this episode of The Closet of Shame, where we talk about how promo goes wrong and how we can redeem ourselves in the eyes of our clients. I'm Bill Petrie, your host, and with me is a good friend of mine, and I'm going to introduce him in a second. But before I do, I want to thank our sponsor, Citadel Brands. If you're looking for fantastic apparel, and frankly, who isn't, that's made specifically for printing and embellishing, don't look any further than our friends at Citadel Brands. They have 100% cotton face on all their fleece garments because they are designed specifically for decoration, branding, and embellishment. Their goal is simple. They want to be the canvas that expresses the thoughts and ideas of your customers. So to learn more, and I know you do, head over to citadelbrands.com. You won't be sorry you did. Now joining me on the Closet of Shame podcast today, it's a good friend of mine. Uh, we met, I'd say, about three or four years ago at a Common Skew event, actually. And uh, the, my friend I'm speaking which, like he's not here, but he is, is Rich Patterson. Uh, a little background on Rich. He was born and raised in a small town in Canada's Rocky Mountains. Rich grew up camping, hiking, and skiing. So he's an outdoorsman, and because he's from Canada, you know he's really nice. <laughs> okay. Rich graduated from Simon Fraser University in 1992 with his Bachelor of Arts in Communications. He's worked in government and the private sector uh, in senior public relations and marketing roles, most notably as Roots Marketing Manager. And since 2005, Rich's own company, Patterson Brands, has been transforming client brands into elevated and engaging products, designs, and packaging. You can find Patterson Brands on the web, Instagram, and Facebook. Rich lives in New Westminster with his wife, Shannon, and their 11-year-old daughter. And one thing he didn't provide to me on the the, uh, bio that he sent is maybe the most important thing. Rich is a brother in Van Halen fandom. (laughs) And and I I, – you had to, right? You had to know it's coming. Rich, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thanks, Bill. It's so awesome to have you. And and I think, as you know, uh, we're both, and and your listeners probably know, we're both massive Van Halen fans. And I can't tell you the number of friendships in my life that have been formed over just showing a cassette box and saying, have you heard of this band? Van Halen. Oh, I love them. And boom, instant. Absolutely. It's the power of music. And and I love music. and, And I love people who love Van Halen. So... Uh, we should have a podcast maybe where we just talk about the pros and cons of Van Halen and all three iterations that's of the band. Right. That's right. We'll break it down the Hagar years. We'll, that's right. We'll go Roth, Hagar, Gary Sharon. Maybe we'll even go real deep and go Mitch Malloy and whoa, his cup whoa, of coffee whoa. in the band. Yeah, we could go real deep here. But that's not what this podcast is about, Rich. That's thankfully. not what it's about. No, thankfully. Well, for us, not thankfully, but for the listeners, thankfully. So, you know, as we talk about um, – the industry and how there's so many opportunities for failure. Things go wrong. Um, I wanted to reach out to you and talk about, you know, a time where you may have inadvertently contributed to your client's closet of shame. And I know you have a couple stories. I do. I do. There, so it's a couple of doozies. Is, oh, the floor is yours, my friend. It's a couple of doozies. What, well, why don't I hit, I hit the one where we look like heroes first? Cause I, I think that's a, a really fun story. And then, and then maybe you, you can give me some, feedback on that and we can 
go back and forth and, and then I've got one where where we really drop the ball but but it's funny too because it just illustrates the craziness of this industry that where you and I are in but in yes the, but in the first one I'm sure many people can relate to this we're, we're coming back from a week-long vacation my family three of us and uh, oh you know what no two of us this is before my daughter so this is more okay than, more than 11 years ago and uh, we're docking at a ferry terminal so in in BC here we have a lot of ferry service to mm -hmm. Gulf Islands and the San Juan Islands in the United States etc and we're docking at the ferry and it's just bliss because you've got that post vacation hue on where you're just oh, so relaxed and my phone rings and I see on the call display who it is great client right. of mine longtime client and I answer and she says, oh, Rich, we, we just got the uh, 3,000 units of the digital photo keychain viewer. So if you can imagine, this is like 11 years ago. It was a big deal then that you could get like a LCD screen, right? It was about two, not less than two inches by two inches. It had a keychain attached to it and it would hold like 36 photos. And people were like going, well, oh my God, I can look at photos on this little screen. It was amazing, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny when you come off that post-vacation hue, how quickly a phone call can uh, snap you back to reality. And I have a feeling you're about to get snapped back into reality. Oh, absolutely. So it was 3,000 units for a pharma mm -hmm. convention that, that my client was running. So my clients in the event space, they run big corporate events. 3,000 right. units for a big time. I mean, I can just say it because it's not a trade secret. Johnson & Johnson. So major sure. pharma player, right? Big company. Well, I mean, that's what the client as distributors. I mean, you want you want a client like that, right? Yeah. I mean, the, there's so many opportunities, and yeah, the brand know. was really nice, as you'd expect from from Johnson and Johnson. Uh, anyway, so they were they were logoed three thousand units. They arrived on time. Great. They um, presumably worked, but as the client started to upload, they had some few stock photos they wanted each participant to get when they received this. So okay. say, let's say it would have I think three photos on it. And of course, the, the client, we gave the client the opportunity during the ordering process to give us those files. And of course, mm -hmm. the ASI, it was an ASI uh, vendor, supplier. Right. The ASI supplier would have preloaded them. But anyways. Right. Right. Anyways, That's the idea, right? Yeah, for various reasons, as we all know, in the event space, they didn't have the photos ready. They weren't sure. So they just said, you know what? Sure. Ship them to us empty, blank, and we'll... Um, We'll upload the photos at our own expense and our labor. Oh, wow, what a great client! That, oh, that's like the yeah, that's the ideal it's client. Awesome. It's awesome, right? And they're they're big. They're like as a big events company, a lot of staff. Sure. So it's not really a staffing issue, right? So, anyways, she said they arrived. We they looked awesome. They seemed to work. But as she said, as we plugged them in USB and started to upload the photos, we were getting um, virus warnings on every single unit. And she oh said, no. She said, no, 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 yeah, yeah. no, no. She said, we've got to stop right now because we can't send these into Johnson & Johnson back with them to their various, because uh, they would go to this corporate event and then they'd sure. all return around the world and then be plugging these things in. And, you know, so obviously I was like, oh my God. Well, and you might be single-handedly responsible for taking down the internet. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, with that many USB yeah. drives with a virus, holy cow. No, exactly. So I said, okay, and then I don't want to get into, because I don't want to bore your listeners with, because we've all been there as distributors and as suppliers. But of we course. went into like a three or four business day back and forth with the supplier. Like we sent samples to them to say, look, these have got a virus. What are you going to do about it? Long yeah, what was short, their response? Yeah, what their was their response? Was the, their response was, there's no virus there. The samples You're you sent me. us, we can't detect it. 
But and I'm sure you plugged them into your own machines yes. just to see as well. Yeah, right? we did a random sampling too, because same idea. Because I'm not going to test three thousand units, but I was like, you know, send no. me send me a case, which I think had whatever. Let's just say it had a couple hundred in a case, and I plugged in like two or three dozen. Yep, I saw virus on every one of them. That's what my my uh, computer was telling me. Supplier said no, no virus. So <clears throat> I just said, you so know what? so your clients t- done uh, uh, several of them. Yeah. You've done several of them. Every single one has a virus on it. Yeah. And the supplier saying, oh man, I I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. Even that get, is. I didn't that's even not get great. In, no, no. And I didn't even get an instance where even one of them said no virus. So there could have been a. But I mean, what are you going to do? Even if you have a couple that say no virus, if you have like ninety percent that are saying you've got a problem, well, right? Well, even if you had ten percent that yeah. were saying yeah. they had a virus, yeah. and it, it almost sounds like, and again, we don't we don't out suppliers here, and no no one is going to be shamed on this, but you know, the fact that the response you got was, hey man, we don't we don't see it, so I don't I, we're not. We're, you know, did they offer to do anything? No, they didn't. Oh. And frankly, again, I don't want to get into it here because it's not really the topic of it, but this is right. not unusual, I've found. I've found that if supply, it's in at times, if suppliers can, say, pass the buck or dodge the responsibility, they'd rather, uh, often they'd rather do that. So, yeah. So I it's, just, it's sad. Yeah, I just said at this point, because, right, we're, we've got to fix it. Right? So I was like, okay, forget you for now, supplier. ABC, ASI approved and all that. It wasn't like I went to China direct and sorts. I said, forget you. We're just going to do it ourselves. I went to um, a Best Buy and I found one of those multi-hub uh, USB ports. It'll, I think right. it, the max I could find at that time was 12. That's good though. I was mm-hmm. like 12. I can reformat 12 at a time. Right. The supplier was quote unquote good enough to give us the operating system. Uh, oh and, and the operating system they provided was virus-free, so they gave me. So my idea was reformat all three thousand units with the new right. operating system, and as a little try to make good to this awesome client, I'll put the photos on for you. So they gave me the photos right. they wanted. Now, were you were you up against a deadline here? I mean, I assume there was a deadline involved too. Yeah, it was. They'd, no, they'd already been delivered for yeah. the for distribution, so now they had to send them back to you. Yeah, that's right. How behind um, on the deadline for you know their event were you? Were you uh, luckily, behind? in this case, because this is this is not one of those scenarios that I know a lot of your listeners and myself have gone through where it went from bad to worse. In this case, we had time. We had, I think, uh, eight or ten business days until the event, so I knew we could get the fix done. But it was also mm-hmm. another reason not to keep arguing with the supplier because every day we argued like you have to do it. No, you have to do it. It was like oh, right. No. Well, it's gotta it gets get to get done. A, yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. It gets to a point of like screw it. We can do a post mortem later. We yeah. just have to get this fixed and get yeah. it to the client. Yep, yep, exactly. And that's a good segue. The post mortem comes in my next story where it went really went off the rails. <laughs> but in this case, we didn't bother with the post mortem. We just went into fix mode. Uh, I enlisted my my beautiful wife Shannon, and the two of us sat down. And I think we worked about three to four nights, uh, three to four hours a night for about a week, five five business days, wow. and, and we got it done. And it was just a case of like one, she was opening the packages and plugging them into the port. And right. it was about, it took about three minutes per cycle to do 12 pieces. And that worked out to, you know, we did the math. Once we'd done it a few times, I was like, okay, right. I can tell this is going to be about. To 20, 18 hours of work, 15 hours of work if we really move it. So it'll work, right? Wow. So in the end, you got them back shipped to the client, yeah. and you you took the extra step, which is a, a, a wonderful thing. You put the, the photogra- photos on there that they needed. And so from a client perspective, you were never really in danger of losing your client. But what a frustrating 
end on your part from the, dealing with that supplier. I would assume you've not used that supplier since. Never again. Never again. No. And not in a, like, not in a, like, a, it's not like a, um, uh, it's not like gangsterism where I sent them, like, no. a, a horse's head when the guy wakes up one morning. And that, right. It just was, I just said, you know, I, I said really simply, just, I'm not, I'm sorry, you know, if, if that's the way we're going to well, do business together, if that's going to be the relationship, I'm not going to be on the losing end again, so that's it. Especially because the way our industry works, in, in, you know, I, I've been in those situations, and all, almost every single one of our listeners has, and where something's gone wrong. And more than anything, you want that supplier to empathize with you. And it sounds like you got none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I know you have another story. Yeah. Yeah. Where maybe it didn't work out as well as that, even though you, you and your bride had to spend a few uh, few weeknights watching Trapper John MD and, you know, loading up uh, USB drives. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't Trapper John. And I have no idea why Trapper John MD came to my head. It's the most random pop culture comment I'll make all day. So hey, tell us about the your The MASH spinoffs were very important to modern culture. Yeah, I love after, the MASH spinoffs. Yeah, after MASH didn't work out so well, and yeah. neither did Father Mulcahy's show. But, wow, we are going to go deep in pop culture okay, here, okay. my friend. All right, tell us your next story. Well, this next story, I, I love this story for so many different reasons because it's just a perfect confluence of really bad timing, some really unreasonable requests from a client. I said no, and you know in this business you don't like to say no too often, but I just said no, no we can't help you. As salespeople, we're triggered. We're pre-wired to say yes. Yeah. I'll say yes, and I'll figure out how to get it done later, right? Yeah, That's yeah. how we're wired. Yeah, and it's also a great illustration of why there, I think there's a debate. I've definitely heard the debate before, and I, I've participated in the debate, but whether on our distributor websites we should have uh, some sort of a search tool like an ASI database or a Sage database where clients can find product themselves. And what are the dangers when you allow them to do that? Like, could they find a real piece of junk from somebody you don't really recommend? And are there other ways to do the database? And we'll get to that later, like a curated mm -hmm. style of database where it's really product that you can stand behind, you know sure. the suppliers are good. Right. So at this time, I did have a searchable database. It was the ASI database and it was okay. full. I just, you know, I just clicked the button and it was the full million products from 100,000 different vendors, right? Mm -hmm. And this client, another client, a good client in the event space, so they're running an event and uh, they went online themselves. I didn't even know they were working on this project, but they went online and uh, they found they wanted to have a stapler as part of this event. There'd be some sort of a, uh, the participants at the event would be checking into some sort of a passport station to to, okay. to acknowledge that they'd visited somebody and talked to them, blah, blah, blah. And something would get stapled into a booklet or I'm not sure. I never really got the whole concept, but th I think that's the general idea. Stapler, mini stapler thousand participants at the event they wanted each one of the thousand people to have their own stapler so this client found the thing in the database they wanted to do a sub dollar item so they found okay. one for 62 cents mini stapler and okay. then they, then like i said i got contact out of the blue or not out of the blue i knew the client of course we did tons of business but i got contact out of the blue new project we want this thousand pieces and i looked at it and i said "Ooh, don't do this item it's, i don't know who this vendor is I can tell it uh, comes straight from China, which is not a problem, but I just said, I, I can't stand behind this product. No, 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 we want it. That's what we want. 62 cents each fits the budget, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we ordered them. Right. The event, I think the event was, or I found out later, the event was in early October. The pieces came in the very first week, I think like September 3rd, they landed in Vancouver, Canada. Great, mm -hmm. so they're there early. I never heard anything from the client, so I thought, awesome. 
must have yeah, worked. Sometimes, sometimes you go, oh, no news, good news, yes, right? Yes, definitely no news, But this probably news. Underscore, I have a feeling we're about to underscore no. the importance of follow-up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, and then all concurrent with this whole thing, my father is having uh, is having some cancer issues. So prostate oh. cancer. He's got surgery scheduled for the first week of October. No problem. And if you knew our family, we're we're, we're incredibly tight family. But that's awesome. But what's funny is in this kind of situation, these kind of like I'm not sure what to call it, like medical support. Everybody's very stoic in my family, so it's unusual right. that my dad would say, "Can you come home, fly home, and be with me and your mom during the surgery time?" And I was like, "Oh man, okay, so this is." somewhat serious or I, I was surprised and I said yes of course I'll be there so book the flight blah 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 the morning of the flight I'm on my this oh why and why me and all this transportation right I should really turn off my phone or something when I'm going to ferries or, or airports but I'm driving right. to the airport and my phone rings look down I can tell I'm like oh it's quiet answer the phone client I can right away you know when somebody's emotional right it was she's right tense she says oh my god our event is tomorrow we just tried these mini staplers. They don't work. They jam every time you try to staple something. She said, we need you to get us a thousand replacement staplers by tomorrow morning. 9 a.m. is the start of the event. Oh, I said, oh, Melissa. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun I said, for anybody. I said, I, I said, there's so many things I don't even know what to say, but I'm on my way to the airport. I'm flying home to be with my dad for surgery. Right. I don't even know if in Vancouver, like there's a couple big... Uh, uh, office depot places they might have a thousand staplers but they're probably 10 bucks each like i said that mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense right. you know and, and well you have to do this and you really put us in a bad spot and you're you know blah blah blah, blah started berating me on the phone and i just said look honestly and, and i'm a small company like right now we're lucky patterson brands four people uh three of us doing sales and one uh, a production support person but at that time, mm -hmm. I was two people. And the one other people was on mat leave. So I was one person, me. So I just said to her, I, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do anything. I mean, I just feel like at that point, I had to just tell her to her straight. I mean, I couldn't beat around the bush and say, oh, I'll try to do something. No, I wasn't going to try to do something. I was on my way to the airport. The flight was in like 30, about 45 minutes from then. And I said, uh, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm so sorry. I, I oh, hope you can no. figure and, out. And don't you hate having to say that, especially knowing the angst that your client's going through. Yeah. And and it, it's it's gutting. It's always the word I come back to. It's gutting yeah. to know that they are drowning and you're watching them drown and you can't throw them a lifeline. Yeah. And I I mean, all I could really diplomatically say at that point was I'm not going to be able to help you because because of this. And right. I think... I think if you, you know, and you want to be positive and diplomatic because you don't want to say, look, your idea is dumb or anything. Not like that because I'm not judging whatever. But I just said, maybe there's a different way you can do what, however the stapler was supposed to be used, a different way you right. can do it that'll work, that won't involve having to find a thousand pieces in the next six hours or whatever, right? Like, is there something else you can do? And she's, and that's kind of how we ended. She was mad, and but she said, that's, yeah, we'll probably have to do that. We'll have to figure out a different way to do it. And that was it. And oh hung, man! And hung up the phone, and then I went and took care of my family, and it all right. worked out great. My dad's now cancer-free and all that, so the surgery was a which is the most important thing, yeah. right? It really is. Yeah. And then when I got back, I, I didn't want to wait too long. I wanted to give him a bit of space, but I think I waited like three or four business days after. Well, I was about to ask. Yeah. That's that you're gonna you're gonna follow up, and that is oh, not yeah. a phone call you're looking forward to making. No, no, you know because eventually. you know 
Yeah, you know it's going to be tough. Yeah, you got to put your big boy pants on. And I was like, okay, I have to call them and follow up and see. Like, I don't think they're going to be happy. So I called. Sure enough, very unhappy still. And they suggested, which I thought was a fine idea. They said, we want you to come in and have a debriefing. Or what, mm-hmm. what did you, a post-mortem. Exactly, that's what they said. We want you to come in, have a post-mortem. Okay, I said, no problem. So I think the following week, we made the appointment. The following week, I went in. And there was three, like, mucky mucks. Three big, like, the my buyer, yeah. the person was my contact. She was definitely in the room, plus some other people I'd never met before. Like, the heavies, I like to call them. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the guys in suits who are uh, just ready to judge and berate you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, which they did. They really let me have it <laughs> about how bad sure. I, I let them down and all that. And I said, I realize that. I am so sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a reason, I don't know if it's a good reason, but there was a reason and it, it, right. it is, but, and then, and then, and then they let it, they didn't have, which I really appreciated this. They didn't have to tell me this because it mm-hmm. made, this made them look worse in a way, or it, you know, they could have just kept this to themselves. Right. And, you know, but they said, you know what, those items came in four weeks early. And I said, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking in the back of my mind, yeah, four weeks. Like, didn't you test him right. out in four weeks? Like, this is what, but this is what they volunteered, which really made the shoe drop. They said they came in four weeks early, you know, and the staplers were empty. And I said, oh, empty? <laughs> well, that wasn't, yeah. that wasn't the product description they were supposed to come right. I mean, they were tiny. I mean, I think they were. Right, but they like usually, usually they come preloaded with, what, 10 or 20 staples. Yeah, not, exactly. not a lot, but enough to get you where you need to yeah, go. Exactly. So they said they came in empty. And I said, oh. Oh man, nobody informed me. I wish you'd have told me. We could have started to work on a solution. And they said, yeah, we sent a junior staffer, somebody who was on um, like an, uh, a co-op program, if you know what I mean. Or mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. We sent her out and she bought staples from somewhere and loaded them all. And I said, oh, well, <laughs> I think that might start to be like, we don't really know what staples she got and what if she got the wrong kind or... right." So eventually everybody started to soften really, I think then, because the shoe dropped, they all sort of looked at each other and was looking at me and everybody sort of agreed like, well, yeah, we did have four weeks. We never tested them. We threw these mystery things in, these and staples. See, this is how I know you're from Canada because in the United States, a client would never be that gracious <laughs> in, in, in the yeah. situation. I mean, seriously, because they were giving you – um, a little bit of uh, leeway, yeah. even though obviously, you know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, yeah. um, but they're definitely giving you some, uh, some, some back. They're giving it back to you a little bit saying, Hey, a little bit's on our fault too. Yeah. No. And I appreciate, like I said, that if they had just kept up to themselves, I think we all would have left the meeting at the berating point where I was being berated and browbeaten and, right. you know, I would have slunk out of there. But when they said that it was a bit of an opening and I went back and challenged them and I said, well, look, you know, this is how I see the whole thing. It wasn't ideal. Definitely. None of it was ideal. I didn't recommend the product. You guys really wanted it, but the things came early and nobody, I'm, I'm not sure what happened then. Nobody tested them or you threw these crazy staples in. So anyways, right. I don't want to be labor, but at the end of the no, day, it's good. they're still a good client. And, uh, that that's amazing. Definitely water under the bridge. And we laugh about it now. Totally. That's it. amazing. Given the fact, I mean, that's a pretty big screw up. No, no finger pointing, but it's a big screw up. And the fact that, um, you were able to have, you're able to still have a great relationship with them, still work with that client really underscores. I am sure if we had two hours, we could go back and say how all the things you'd done for them, you would put in that, my, my guess is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, you put enough in that emotional bank with them that uh, even though it was a pretty big withdrawal because of the screw up, there was still enough left there to say, yeah, 
it was a one-time thing. Let's keep working with Rich. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Because actually, and I never said, but this will make it all. It's the same client. The two stories, the same client. Yeah, it's the same I know. Client. That's amazing. I forgot That's to amazing. say that part, but it's the same event management company. It's different people. Like oh. the, 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 the buyers and the contacts are different because they have such a huge staff, but it's the exact right. same company. So I know that they, and obviously at, at our clients' companies, they talk about you in the you know in the coffee room and stuff like that so you, like you said uh i think they were probably uh <laughs> probably not too pleased that that week in the coffee room rich batters and this and that and that but eventually they were like oh yeah right this is why we like the guy <laughs> yeah no that's fantastic that's fantastic so let me ask you this rich given those two examples and, and again you've been in the industry long enough i bet you have about 85 more we all have yes, those examples yeah. What did you learn? What did you learn from those two experiences? I, I've got something in my brain, but I'd love to hear what you, you feel like you learned. I think the top three things that I learned were uh, follow-up. You definitely got to follow-up. You can't wait for the client to contact you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second thing was that idea about the database management. Does it make sense to have a full product catalog on your website? I have now in the past 10 years since since that bad example, I've had periods where I had no searchable catalog available and that was okay. But now I do have one and it's fully curated. So it's only got about 150 suppliers and brands on it that we like. So maybe 10 or, I bet you that equals about 25,000 products. And it's stuff that we know we can stand behind. And uh, so that was another big thing I learned. Yeah, and that's what I was going to come back to is communication. Communication is so gosh darn important, right? And, and the fact that, you knew you were going to have to call that event management company and, and, and kind of take your medicine. Um, a lot of people would just be like, you know what, I'm going to ignore it and I'm just going to assume they're not going to be a client anymore and I'm just going to move on, which is a huge mistake because you've been able to, and I'm sure you could monetize it, but you've had them for a client for years since. And yeah. part of that is because you stood up and said, um, I'll wear the hat of responsibility and take take what's coming to me. Yeah, and, no, and I love that. I'll give you another piece that really yeah. shows the payoff later. Then you don't even know is that we did an event about uh, six months ago now, the four of us in my small company. And, and Jane is one of my best uh, commission salespeople. And Jane invited some of her clients. And anyway, so we go to this this restaurant and we're all, you know, shaking hands. And, and this one lady walks in and shakes my hand. She says, hi, Rich. And she's from... Um, a large, uh, what would you call it? They're like a large racetrack events company. Uh, they have a racetrack. They have a, just a huge playground area here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And anyways, and when I shook her hand and looked at her, I, I said to myself, Melissa? And she's mm-hmm. the lady from the events company <laughs> that the whole stapler thing went sideways on. Oh, wow. And so now she's at a new company and she's Jane's client still. So that goes to, so she moved on and she's still with us, which is great. And That's then we awesome. laughed at the restaurant. I said, oh, right. <laughs> I said, I think I got one of these staplers in my bag for you. And she just howled. Oh, that's awesome. It's, and it's great when you have that type of relationship and you can, you know, in the moment it's horrible and it's traumatic and it's crisis and everybody, it's all hands on deck. But the fact that you've obviously had such a great relationship with them and continue to do so that you can laugh about it, that is an underscore. That underscores you my friend. It oh, truly, truly, truly does. So let me ask you this. What's the one piece of advice you would give a distributor who just had an order screw up, whether it was their fault, the client's fault, supplier's fault, doesn't matter. But an order just got screwed up and they want to save the client. What would you, what would, what's the uh, advice you'd give them? Just solve it. Just solve it. Just solve it. Just I love solve that. it and let the chips fall and then figure all that other stuff that we've been talking about later. You know, yeah. the, the postmortems and the 
the finger pointing you don't even have to get to the finger pointing stage because honestly in the end of the day it doesn't matter but no it doesn't in, in your end user client doesn't give a shit quite frankly where the fault lies it's they're working with you so deal with it yeah exactly no absolutely so let me ask you this dr patterson <clears throat> what is the worst client merchandise you've ever seen whether you created it or not it doesn't really matter what's the worst piece of client promotional merchandise you've ever seen oh the worst piece god that is a good question I've seen some hall, what I call the hall of shame. I've seen some stuff that would curl your toes. But what is the? Oh, point? I'm sure. What yeah. Just, what's the worst? What comes to your mind? I think lately, because I even made a T-shirt for. I can send you the T-shirt photo. I, okay. Anything spinner fidget related is oh. really, really just turned my stomach lately. You know, it was such a fad, and, and I get it. I get fads, and you know, it's funny. My my kids who are 15 mitch one of my twins was obsessed with fidget spinners in about but he was obsessed with them about three months before it hit our industry and he would buy on amazon ball bearings and glue and he was making them yeah, he was yeah. really literally making them for his friends as a little side business which i love i love the entrepreneurship i love the hustle and i didn't get it then and then when it hit our industry and it hits so big, and, and anybody who's been in our industry for a while, you could just see, hey, suppliers, don't be stocking up on that crap because it's going to disappear pretty quick. And I think, uh, I think now it's uh, definitely gone by the wayside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I one, I there's a ton of dollar stores in the Metro Vancouver area. I don't know if that's uh -huh. a phenomenon just to us or if that's in other metro areas around the uh, North America, but that's one of the litmus tests I do. If you start to see the crap in dollar stores, then you know it's like too late. So right now, if I go to, there's a dollar store near my home and uh, it's near right. a liquor store, so I, I walk by pretty often when I go to get my beer. And, and it's unfortunate <laughs> that the dollar store isn't a liquor store because yeah. then you could really save some money. So when I walk by there now, there's fidget spinners at the counter, like it's outrageous. Right. <clears throat> and in another basket, there's this, um, there's this lucky beer brand caps. And I just, every time it turns my stomach, I walk by, I think lucky beer. Do you know your caps are being sold? This is all ex promotional merchandise. I assume because right. that's what it is. Really cheap, ugly foam, tr foam trucker cap with the lucky beer logo on the front. And I just think, Oh God. Honestly. Yeah, yeah you, yeah. you don't want your brand to be in the cutout bin. Just like a, if we can tie it all back to music, you don't want your album to be in the cutout bin at yeah. the uh, record store. Yeah, back exactly. when record stores were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So is the last question I have for you, Rich, mm. is there any piece of merchandise besides a finish, fidget spinner, but the, and that might be your answer, any piece of merchandise you would never sell a client because you know they would end up regretting it later? Mini stapler. <laughs> i'm done with mini and staplers i don't blame you and that's a lesson for all of you out there not to sell a mini stapler yeah. that's great rich i can't thank you enough what a, what a great time this is I, I could talk to you for hours you're such a great guy and, oh, and thanks, uh, two Bill. great two great stories uh really want to to thank you for your time today and i uh, hope you enjoyed being on i sure did it's been awesome. a pleasure well, pleasure's mine, and I uh, just want to remind our listeners of, again, if you're looking for that fantastic apparel that's never going to end up in your client's closet of shame, look no further than Citadel Brands. Head over to citadelbrands.com. You won't be sorry you did. They have that 100% cotton face on all their garments that design is designed specifically for branding and embellishment. Rich, one last time, thank you again so much, and I look forward to seeing you down the road very soon. Uh, me too. Thanks, Bill. Good luck. Thank you for listening to The Closet of Shame. 
The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing and media for the promotional products industry. 